0: Hey, everybody. It's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com. And on this episode of Networking Spill, we're doing a hashtag stranger danger. So I've got a stranger on the line. This is kind of a fun one because I actually met this person in person in real life back in, I want to say it was November. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I've actually met her in Real life. So it's kind of fun because even though we met in November, we didn't get a chance to get to know each other. We've both been busy living life, doing our thing, and she's local. So there may be a chance I'll see her again, maybe this year again. Um, But I'm really excited about this show. I feel like um, because I'm bringing her on, we're going to have a great conversation. If you're interested in mental health, if you're interested in getting your life together, if you're interested in really mindfulness and mindset type stuff, working through your issues, I really feel like this is going to be a great conversation for you. Keeping in mind, I have no idea where this is going to go. So we may go completely left and just talk about ponies for the entire time. I have no idea, but stay along with me. Stay to the end. We'll have more information for you, more tidbits. But without further ado, please welcome with me, Miss Raquel Martin. Actually, it's Mrs. Raquel Martin. Is that, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I've been> <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and this is really important. She's almost done with her PhD program and she will be a Dr. Martin very, very soon.
1: Yes. Very, very soon. We're just waiting until June and then we're all done.
0: Yay. That's so amazing. Okay. I know. So I'm really excited because you're on this path, right, to becoming a doctor and to doing all these things. You work with patients. Tell us what you do. Uh,
1: so I work with children and adolescents. Um, With mental health, I'm currently at uh, John Hopkins Kennedy Krieger Institute for Child and Family Therapy. So I do individual therapy. I do uh, family therapy. And it's really just working with, like, we kind of run the spectrum, run the gambit when it comes to uh, disorders I see. So I can be dealing with anxiety or depression or, like, I could be dealing with a patient who is dealing with recently well possibly being incarcerated and we're trying to work on better decision making skills Uh, or something as simple as like the family has bad communication and we're just trying to figure out some other ways to deal with it so basically all family stuff (laughs) and child stuff and adolescent stuff it's pretty interesting it's never a dull moment
0: yeah I bet so what got you in I know you get to choose like you know any sort of path when it comes to medical stuff and mental health but like what got you on that track
1: Uh, children and adolescents and, like, the family aspect was just a little bit more interesting to me. Uh, when we were doing our training and we're working with, uh, different people, I found that a lot of the issues were issues that they've had significantly for a while, or traumas that were experienced as a child, or, like, uh, maladaptive habits or things that were learned as a child, and I'm like, I kind of want to get in there before this takes hold of your entire personality, so I'm like, children... And adolescents and like the family dynamic, that's the population I want to work with the most. Also, I feel like it's the population that's kind of looked over a lot when it comes to the minority community. So that's really where I wanted to start.
0: Wow. No, that sounds amazing. And I agree. It absolutely sounds interesting. And what I think is important is that when you work with the youth, when you work with families, you're, you're setting them up for a better future. And, um, when you look at generational issues or what do they call them? Generational curses and all of that, I think working on trauma, working on issues, working on mental health problems within, you know, a family and then starting young is, is really important. I mean, I, I, mean, I can only imagine what my life would look like now had I, you know, had a therapist or had somebody I was going to, to work through some of my, um, my issues as a kid. So that sounds super fun. Now, when we met, you were a panelist at the DC PodFest back in November, um, and you had a show called The Black Unconscious with someone else. Now you have sort of shifted and you have your own show. So tell me about the work that you do and how that correlates to your podcast.
1: Well, with the podcast, I'm trying to just do more of like an education piece. I feel like I'm seeing people every single day at work, and then I just feel like I still need to reach more people. Uh, So the podcast was just a way to provide some kind of, like, psychoeducation about mental health or what's going on. We do different kinds of um, segments. So some segments are just me when I'm giving, like, educational on something like depression or anxiety or ways to, like, pick yourself up. Um, Other sessions are with another mental health care professional when they're talking about their expertise and kind of plug in the work that they do. Another one is, um, it's like four different segments. Another one is when I have someone who is suffering from a mental health disorder, and they're kind of just talking about what they deal with every single day, talking about uh, what it's like for them to suffer or um, thrive through this disorder and manage it every single day. And then we just have chats, like sometimes I just have chats with my friends because I feel like all of my friends are from different walks of life, but they all kind of contribute something to my life individually. And I think that there needs to be more narratives of women supporting women. Uh, so I feel like my podcast is a good way to do that. So you get a little bit of everything. Like, I think there needs to be more narratives of individuals that are suffering from mental health um, disorders because you find more that they're not suffering. They're just learning how to thrive and deal with it because there's so many people and you see so many signs in yourself. And it's like, wow, am I, suffer- am I dealing with depression? Is that something that I'm managing right now? And I think hearing a first-person account really helps connect the listener to seeing the signs and symptoms versus, like, seeing an ad or something that says, are you sad or or are you crying? And there's so many other (laughs) symptoms that come with depression that you – it's easier to see stuff in other people, I've found.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because you relate to them and you can see yourself – you know, as a mirror, but um, that's really interesting. And so the show, by the way, guys, if you're on your phones right now, you're in the podcasting app, definitely go to the search engine and type in mind your mental and you'll find the show. It's got like a purple um, background. It's a really cool logo. It's one of my favorite logos actually. So I'm in love with the logo, but that show is on there and you can queue up. You post what every week?
1: Yes, every single Thursday, and um, we're also on YV Radio every Friday at 10 a.m. Nice.
0: Okay. So, guys, add that to your list. I feel like what I like about the way that you're taking that show and the direction you're taking it is, you know, I do agree, obviously, that we need to support each other as women, we need to get together and kind of corral and and work through things together because we don't have to do a lot of this stuff by ourselves. And that's one of the things I'd love to talk more about is you know, I work with a single, independent, ambitious woman who doesn't need shit from anybody. However, these women, including myself, we struggle with a lot of different things. And we don't always know how to handle it or when to reach out for help. So for anybody who's listening who maybe I don't know, didn't have like that traumatic of a past or whatever, you know, maybe they worked through that if they did, but who's in a place now where they're working, they're doing their thing, they're hitting goals, they're working towards whatever, but they are struggling and they really feel like something is missing. How do you recommend or when do you recommend they reach out to someone and kind of get that support?
1: I recommend it as soon as they start feeling like they're struggling. I think the biggest way, and I think one of the issues is that sometimes you can't see that you're struggling. You're so deep in it that you didn't realize that you you have been kind of barely keeping your head above water for so long. So I think the first step is checking in with yourself very often for you, for you to even know if you have like hit a wall, if you're not feeling good about yourself. But I think a lot of times it's simply just reaching out for help when you feel like you need help as, um, you know, a member of, like, the strong black woman tribe and feel like you can do every single thing yourself, one of the things that made it, uh, I would say, not more, yeah, I would actually say more difficult when I started my relationship with my husband was the fact that a lot of times it was like, I, yeah, I mean, I want you around, but I don't need you around. Like, I can do things myself, and I think it's, it's very difficult to kind of let go of the control that we're used to having, which we like that control because we know if anyone's going to do it right, it's going to be us. So why should we kind of ask someone for help when they're probably not going to do right in the first place? So I think checking in with yourself to realize that you're struggling in the first place and reach out as soon as you feel like you need help. But I think it's easier said than done because a lot of times you don't want to let go of control because it's not because you want to be a control freak. It's like, I want it done right. And you know what? To do it right, I have to do it myself. <laughs> so that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. And I would love to backpedal a little bit and go back to the the part where you mentioned not needing someone. I think that's something that we really don't talk about enough is that you want somebody in your life, but you really don't need a quote-unquote provider or you know somebody to bring home the bacon because you're providing and bringing home your own bacon or turkey bacon or whatever you're into like you're, you're bringing it home yourself you can take your trash out you can do you know what I mean you can lift the box you can open the pickle jar like you can do these things you don't technically need anybody but can you speak to this like bizarre mind do you even know where it came from this whole like i have to be so self-sufficient and so alone in what i'm doing not just because i want to do it right and i don't want to have to ask you because i think there's two parts to that there's the i don't want to ask you and then there's the 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 second part of you know not feeling like it's going to be done right but where does that come from
1: i think it's a generational thing i think uh i watched my mom do this (laughs) for her whole entire life um and she does seek help when necessary, but she just does everything herself. And it's, it's um, amazing to watch, but it's also exhausting. And I think it's because so often, uh, as black women, we, we do things, we do so much because we feel like we have to take care of ourselves and we have to take care of our children. And then if we, like, have a spouse or a mate in our life, we have to take care of them. And we get so used to doing it ourselves, um, generationally, because, I mean, if you go all the way back, like, I mean, let's think back far, far back. Like, we're going all the way back to slavery. Like, we did have to do stuff ourselves. Like, everything. Like, that's what we had to do. We had to work in the fields and do every single thing. Like, we were independent people. I think we were all our own individual planets. And I think that kind of autonomy and working on things yourself kind of got passed down. And that's kind of where we're at at this moment, where we don't always feel like we have the support. But I also feel like doing things yourself and not wanting to uh, um, ask others for help is also a sign that you may have a lack of trust in the people that you're asking for help. So if I um, want something done and I need assistance with something, uh, the person that I'm asking, if I'm asking them, I have to trust that they're going to be able to do it right. Like if I have a question about I don't know, anything, I go to my mom most of the time because I know she knows everything there is to know about the world, like, period. And I'm I'm letting go of control by asking her because I'm asking for help. I'm giving her some of the control in the aspect, but it's because I trust her. And I think a lot of it isn't just solely, like, I want to do it myself. It's also that I have a distrust in the person to help me or help me accurately, um, which is something also that I, that I see a lot in relationships. Like, it's not just like, oh, you know, I want to... I want, I don't, I don't want to let go of control because I just don't know what's going to happen. It's also because I don't really, I don't have a full amount of trust in you because if I let this go and then you do it wrong and you prove me like right or you prove me wrong, like that's upsetting and now I have to do it myself anyway and it's more work. So I think it's a generational thing, but I also think think it's embedded in, in lack of trust in the person that you may be seeking out help from.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've seen this meme going around that's like, you know, if you want something done, a black woman will come in and fix it and she'll handle it or something like that. And it's like, okay. I mean, I get it. I I think it's empowering to sort of to hear that because we are a demographic that we are doers. We get shit done, we make things happen and it's in us. Like we just do it. It's not something that we were, I mean, we were taught it, but I think it was ingrained in us. It's that like generational thing. But I also think it, it, does us a disservice because we end up not leaning on people around us. And so what do you recommend? I've, I've had to learn this myself in that you've got to teach, you've got to talk to people differently. I, I don't talk to one of my sisters the same way as I talk to the next one as the same way I talk to my best friend or my mom or anybody else. Like I talk to everybody in a way that works for them, but I've adjusted that. A lot of people don't do that. And when it comes to trusting people, I feel like it's very similar where once you understand someone and I feel like as black women, we have this like superpower where we can see people and, and get them way quicker than I think other people do because we're just more empathic in that way. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I feel like when we see what people's strengths are and what we can and cannot trust them with, we at that point should be asking for help. So if somebody is trying to delegate more and let people do more, do you have any tips for them to sort of say, okay, I'm going to trust Joey with this because I know he's great at that. I'm going to trust so-and-so with this because I know they probably won't screw this up. How do you release and and relinquish that sort of control um, and that urge to never ask anybody anything ever?
1: I would do it in baby steps at first. (laughs) So like if you have a uh, four-part project, and you know that, you know, you can do all parts by yourself, but it would be a little bit easier if you let go of one part. I would do that. I would also let go of the fact that, like, uh, you know, say Joe is going to do it. I know he'll do it right, um, but he may not do it the exact same way that I would do it, but it's still going to get done correctly, except that. <laughs> like, no one has to do it the exact same way that you do it as long as it gets done correctly. And I would also just be mindful of the fact that, Sometimes, it, like I don't, I don't believe in perfection when it comes to things. So I think that is chasing perfection is something that makes it a lot more difficult. So like, if you're upset that something didn't turn out exactly how you wanted it to get turn out, like did it still get done? Did it still get done accurately? Did it have to be a hundred percent perfect? No, but now you can also talk to the person about like working on it differently. I think you got to let go of some of that need for everything to be perfect because I, I, nothing is perfect, um, and be okay with someone doing it differently as long as it gets done. I always tell, like I tell, because I had the TAs and teach and stuff like that. Like in my in my PhD program, like Bs get degrees too, and so do Cs. Sometimes you have to relinquish some of your control um, and take a step back because I have honestly chosen to get a B paper over staying up an extra three hours. So like I've chosen to write a B paper and get three hours of sleep versus writing an A paper and being exhausted the next day. Because what's more important? Like no matter what I'm passing, no matter what I'm doing well, no matter what the assignment's getting done, but I'm also taking care of myself. And when you're taking on every single task, you have to be honest, you're not taking care of yourself. So you have to be like, what is more important to me in this moment? Do I have to have perfection or can I actually take care of myself? Like, think about that. Be realistic with what you're doing and how your body is and how you've been sleeping or eating or taking care of yourself. Because if you think about it, it's like, oh, I can do this all by myself. But why should I? Like, I don't, I, I can, I can take out the trash and do all that stuff. I don't want to. (laughs) it's fine to do that by yourself, but I think it's also great to find someone who can like provide you with assistance. And there's nothing wrong with getting assistance because everyone else is. That's the issue. We're so used to doing everything ourselves because we're, we had to go so long without it. Right. And it's just like, now we're at a place where we can actually ask for help and actually be hopefully um, in some places considered as equals and um, our opinions be considered and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we're putting more things on us to like, ask the black woman. It's because we're so used to doing stuff by ourselves, but we shouldn't have to anymore. Like for real, I like, guess exhausting for all of us.
0: It is. It's exhausting. And when you look at little kids, I mean, I was watching somebody the other day making, they um, we were making chocolate pancakes for breakfast and she was making them with like her two-year-old and the two-year-old was like, you know, stirring because they're stirring like they're, sl- they're stirring so slow. It was painful to watch, but she was helping, <laughs> you know, she was helping. And I think we give grace to and patients to certain people, but not everybody. And I think it's important to sort of spread that attitude around. You know, sure, it may take so and so a little bit longer to understand how to do this correctly or to really grasp what you're asking them to do. But once they do it, you're actually adding value to their life. And, and that's where I think it's important to sort of shift that focus instead of it being on, well, if they don't get it right, then I'm going to be SOL, or if they screw this up, then I'm going to be, because typically that's how we're thinking. We're trying to CYA. And I'm 100% a fan of CYA. It's just, my mom taught me, cover your ass. That's what she always taught me. Make sure you're good. Make sure you're never left looking, you know, like dummy or you never left on the side of the road, like cover yourself. And I just wish that more people sort of took the approach of setting themselves up so we're not only you but other people can win as well and so I'm speaking more of like in a team environment right when you're working with other people and maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're delegating tasks to a virtual assistant or to an actual assistant Um, that's where I think or even just in corporate I was at Deloitte working at um, different clients and doing different projects and we had to delegate as senior consultants to other folks and you've got to have that and you're helping somebody else by and yourself by being able to trust that they'll figure it out that they'll get it and that even if they don't make it right this time the next time they'll be better just like you were so that whole like tit for tat is I think how I look at a lot of things and I realize not everybody does but you would want someone to give you grace and patience so why wouldn't you do that for somebody else that's that's how I think that's how my brain works but I know that <laughs> that's not how everybody else thinks so um I did want to talk a little bit about um your like your background because I know we've we've kind of like head dive nose tail whatever that saying is we've gone straight into like how to how to not be a hot mess or how to not do x y and z thing that you hate doing and we can talk more about that too but I want to learn a little bit more about you and really what you're into so outside of work when I know you're recently married right how long have you been married a couple of years right
1: Oh yeah, just one year. We got married yeah. in twenty seventeen. That's right. But uh, yeah. we've been together for uh, uh, married for one year, together for eight, or I guess oh, together
0: wow. for nine. Wow! Since twenty ten, basically. <laughs> so. Nice. Okay, so tell me about some of the things that outside of work and outside of the podcast that you like to do. Some things that you like to get into, whether it's the music, yoga, just anything. What are you? What are your hobbies?
1: So I actually, so um, I am actually pregnant, so I don't do much right now. I'm like a beached whale at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. But before <laughs> I was pregnant and I was more active, I used to like to work out. Um, and uh, one of the things that I actually have stuck with is like I read a lot. So I read a lot for my my job anyway. Like you have to stay up on like the therapeutic stuff. So you read books and then you also read um, scientific articles. But Those aren't fun. So I actually like to read uh, like, fiction. I like historical fiction, actually, a lot. Um, and I honestly read anything I can get my hands on. I'll read anything that a black person wrote, like, from a pamphlet to, like, something bigger than Harry Potter. Uh, what else do I do? Oh, I like to bake a lot. Um, and that's probably why I worked out more, is because I like to bake, so I like to work it off. Um, mm-hmm. Spin was my favorite thing, and lifting weights. And, oh, I also crochet. What? Yeah, I uh, when I was applying to PhD programs, it is a very stressful time, and I kept just like looking on the message boards to see who found out about what, and I was like, I'm going to drive myself crazy, so like I started watching YouTube videos on how to crochet, and I just taught myself how to crochet, and it kind of like calmed my nerves down. Um, wow. Like, very, it's time consuming, so I'm like, let's be productive with this, and everybody got hats that Christmas, because I didn't have any money for gifts anyway. <laughs>
0: that's amazing so this is I'm so glad I asked that question because um all of those hobbies are awesome I love all of them and congratulations I did not know you were pregnant that's so cool
1: yes what a big-headed boy
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that's the cool thing about crocheting is um so if you guys are listening and you do not know this I picked up crocheting so my mom is super crafty and she's still super crafty and she's just got this like artistic thing to her. She drew a lot as a kid and was an artist, Went, became like a civil engineer, did architecture stuff. Like she designed the lower level of their unfinished basement, and made it a beautiful like lower level theater room. She, she can do all kinds of stuff. But one of her favorite things is crocheting. And so she, you know, I always wanted to do everything she did. So it was like, okay, well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm making, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'm available. So she would teach me and, you know, YouTube is your friend and you can learn a lot on YouTube. Um, but one thing I've seen on this show that is um, kind of like this recurring trend, I was never even aware would happen, is books. Everybody that comes on my show is an avid reader, Um, And like you said, from pamphlets to like the whole thing, like Toni Morrison just put out this huge book and I'm like, okay, this is a big book and it's heavy. And in like the, the material and like, it's just a big book. Um, So tell me about some of the things that you've read recently or some of the, your go-to books that you recommend for single women or women trying to better themselves.
1: Oh my gosh. Anything by J. California Cooper. Okay. Is like, A favorite of mine I love her she um she writes fiction but it's like that fiction I I feel like every single time you read I read one of her books it's like you're hearing a story from like a friend it's like a narrative every single one has a lesson she's just amazing I love her um I just finished Trevor Noah's book Hmm. um Born a Crime Mm -hmm. which was really really good uh it was really really good because not only did he talk about his life story, but he tied in historical um, facts to the apartheid, which makes sense because it's called Born a Crime because just simply by being born of mixed race, his mother could have gotten arrested uh, for it and he could have been put in an orphanage. So it's like, it's amazing how he did it. Um, I like reading books just because of the stories, but I like seeing the way different people put stories together mm-hmm. and like the artistry of it, like of a novel. Like you can, you, you, people tell stories in different ways, but he tied not only just his life, but also, like, and I'm also going to teach you some stuff about, like, South Africa and everything like that, and I learned so much. Um, I just started Becoming. Uh, uh, of course, because, like, you have to read it. Like, as a black woman, it's, like, a requirement. <laughs> um, so, there's that one. Um, oh, Tony adiemi's book, uh, mm-hmm. Children of Bone and Blood, was amazing, and I, already, I pre-ordered the book, the new book, like, as soon as I finished this one. Uh, and what was the one? There's the one... I So I try to also stay up on like the teen books, because uh, I like to suggest minority books to my patients, because a lot of times they get suggested books that don't look like them. And it was the book, I'm gonna have to look on Amazon. Um, but it's like a it's like a fiction. Darn it. I'm not gonna yeah. remember it.
0: No, go ahead. You can look it up. I, and we can also, guys, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> I put every single book in the show notes so that you guys can research them and go get them. Obviously, many of these books we've heard, but some of them I have not heard. So I'm also interested in, in checking some of these. Oh, like,
1: have you heard of Children of Bone and Blood?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I've, Did you I read it? No, I haven't read it. I've oh heard my God. it so it many times. It is
1: so good. Like, it is, it's, I, I read the book and I was just like, so when is the next book coming out? Um, did not I find out when the next one was coming out. Never been so irritated in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I like, I'm the kind of person, like when I watch TV, I'm like, okay, the only way I'm going to watch this TV show is if there are like at least five or six seasons and there's like 20 episodes in each season. Mm. Um, and each episode has to be 30 because like, I don't get to watch TV as much. So when I do, I am in there. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here watching it like all day, uh, because it's just like, if I'm going to be sitting here watching what my grandma used to call the idiot box. I might as well enjoy myself. Might as um well. might as well. And I like to like get in there and just like veg out and oh, I used to say wine, but I can't drink wine right now. Um and eat some <laughs> like eat, eat some popcorn or something. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. So oh when you goodness. bake, so first of all before I say that, I'm going to check out that book. I'm going to check out a bunch of these books um and I haven't started becoming um just yet. I have it on Audible and I had um Ryan McEldry on the show last, the week before last, and he talked a lot about books and he gave like 20 different book recommendations, but one of them was becoming, he was, he was trying to read that as well. And so we were all like trying to get that done. And uh, I know so many people have already read it and they loved it. And the book is still trending and doing really well. That is on my list. Um, And I will put the rest of these books in the show notes, but I do want to ask you when you're baking, what is your go-to, I'm assuming you're still kind of baking, but what are, you, what are your normal baking treats?
1: Okay, so I love cookies, for one, um, just because I'm not good at frosting cakes. Uh, I, I still, I like, I'm not good at frosting cupcakes, so I do cookies most of the time. Um, my husband loves cheesecake, so any kind of cheesecake. Um, like, there's this, he likes, like, plain or strawberry, but there's, like, this, it's called black bottom cake, and it's, like, chocolate chip cheesecake with chocolate cake in it. that's honestly my favorite thing in the world. Oh, and I love breads. But like quick breads, like banana bread, because uh, bananas just go bad so, not bad so quickly, but mushy so quickly. So I want to use everything and anything with apples in it, like anything, apple pie, apple cobbler, apple crisp, apple cake. Like, I haven't done, oh, I haven't done an apple cookie though. Oh. I might have to try that. But anything with apples in it. Let me know how that goes. Let me know is, like, my favorite. Um, yeah, I like baking everything, honestly. Because I just feel like, so, cooking is fun. Cooking was never difficult for me, though, because it's, like, you can pretty much make anything taste good with, like, a good amount of, like, spices and all the other stuff. Like, but baking is more chemistry. Like, you kind of have to be more mindful of it. So, if you soften the butter too long then the cookies are ruined. If you make the mistake of actually trying to soften your butter in the microwave, then that's a cycle thing. If you over, if you do, like, not enough baking soda, not enough baking powder, like, the dish is ruined. Like, it, it takes more control. Um, and the biggest thing about my job is, like, you have to be, like, the calmest person in the room and you're walking the patient through their issue. Uh, but there's not really that aspect of control because the patient can take it one way. You can't really tell them what to do. So baking is something where I just have control over that. Like, when you're dealing with humans and their emotions, like, there's not that much control over it, right? and I'm in that, and I embrace that, but when I'm getting to, like, a skill or something like that, I do want that control. Yeah. I (laughs) I do want to know that this is going to turn out right. Like, I want to be exact.
0: Mm -hmm. And life
1: isn't exact. Like, therapy isn't exact, so I just, I feel like I like it because it's the exact opposite of what I do every single day.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That was, that was great. And I think, you know, we took a hard left turn there and just went from talking about, you know, how to ask for help to what are all of your hobbies and what you're reading and what you've got queued up and what you're going to bake us and what hats you're going to make us. (laughs) Um, But when we switch back, I think, you know, you're right. There's no way to really control how anything is coming across or how people are digesting information or how people are going through and you just don't know. There's no real control there. Um, So that makes a lot of sense. I feel, I wish more people would do that, would figure out ways to sort of release. You've mentioned it a couple of times now from learning how to crochet to sort of binge watching TV, to, to let loose a little bit, to just take your mind away from from all of it and just kind of just zone out and just focus on something else. I find myself getting so into the books I read and so into, um, the TV shows that I'm watching. Have you read the, uh, David Goggins book? Um, can't hurt me.
1: No, let me add this to my Amazon wishlist. Hold on. I got I do that right so- now.
0: Yeah, I got so into that book. (laughs) It was insane. And, you know, it's fun to learn. I I like to do educational stuff. So if I'm going to read a book or watch like a TV show, I try to make it educational. It's not always going to happen. I watch a lot of like crazy TV shows, but... It's fun. And that book was one of the ones I really got into. And I'm hoping, obviously, with the Becoming book, it'll, it'll be very similar. Um, I read Tiffany Haddish's book and I got into it. And there's some shows I rotate. But what do you recommend to people who are maybe struggling with figuring out how to find something healthy? when I say healthy, it's kind of with bunny ears, but I I mean like not choosing something that's going to harm them or potentially cause them strife, like, you know, maybe drinking or some kind of recreational drugs, like not like that, but what do you recommend that people can do to experiment or figure out how to just take their brain and their focus off of work? Well,
1: one, I always say working out now I, uh, and one of the things that's kind of I think making me a little bit more stressed is that, um, I'm not working out at all. Um, but I always knew when I was getting a little too cranky that I needed to work out because it really just helped balance everything in like my mind. And I'm a big, like you work out no matter how you're feeling. Like you work out happy, sad, angry, excited, whatever, like just work out. And I don't mean like you have to go to the gym and do like a million different things. Sometimes it would just be a walk. I feel like we're not, um, I'm a city girl, so like, because I'm from Philly, and I just think uh, it's nothing like the city, but it's also nothing like just being outside in the nature, and I feel like it's something that we lose going from, like, work to home to home to work to running errands on the weekend, so something as simple as a walk can kind of center you, just center your mind, like, you never think about how... Unless you're standing on your feet all day, which still is an exercise, how stagnant we kind of are as a tendency. Like, me, I'm sitting in sessions most of the day. Um, Then I sit in my car to go home. I'm in traffic, so I do that. Then I come home and sit down and probably, like, grade some papers. And then I go to sleep, and then I do it all again. And then on weekends, like, yeah, I'm walking to the grocery store to run errands, but I've never really been able to be outside. We're under, like, these fluorescent lights all day. I would say just working out. And there's so many different things you can do. So you don't have to, like, lift weights. I love lifting weights. You don't have to do spin. I also love spin. You can also just, like, hike. It doesn't even have to be in the gym. Walking, uh, like, most of the times, most people burn the same amount of calories walking as, like, as running. If you're trying to burn calories, or really, it's just to get active. Like, sedentary lifestyles are going to mess you up. They really, really do. One of the things when I'm trying to, like, think of a patient and assessment, I'm trying to see how active they are because it really does shift your life. Like being more active, having the right amount of sleep, eating the right amount of food. That's where we start. And then we go to like the aspect of like, are you experiencing depression or anxiety or trauma or a certain kind of stress? Like the trifecta is depression, sleep, and activity. We check in with that and then we go to like the other stuff. Cause that's gonna mess, that's gonna fix everything. Think about your mood when you're sleepy or hungry or like out of shape or both or all three. Like I am, I am, I am an angry person when I'm like, <laughs> sleepy and hungry. It's just like, Mm -hmm. just let me work. I need, it's best for everyone involved to just like take a step back. (laughs) So when it comes to mental health, like we actually, most people start there. Mm -hmm. We start with the physical and then we go, because everything's, it's a mind-body connection. So we start with the physical and then we go into like the emotional aspect. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you and delve into the depths of your soul and you're talking about being like depressed at one aspect and you sleep three hours a day. So we have to fix that because honestly, some stuff evens out once it's like, You know what? I was just tired. Mm. I had been tired for, like, weeks, months. I'm like, yeah, it's not normal to get three hours of sleep Mm-mm. at all. So that is one thing. Also, just find some fun stuff to do. There are Groupons for everything. There's also free stuff everywhere. Uh, so, I mean, I just Google stuff that I may think is fun. Crocheting, I, I really just, like, looked at a favorite pastime like really baking was easier for me because half the time I have the stuff in the house anyway Mm -hmm. even if you don't have stuff for chocolate chip cookies you probably got enough stuff for sugar cookies um (laughs) just sugar and butter and stuff like that or um reading I don't really hear many people say they're not into books anymore because I mean that is just so traumatizing to me but it's not even just reading you can listen to audiobooks now there's so many amazing podcasts too it's one of the main reasons why I don't really watch tv that much there's so much more like there's books, there's crocheting, and there's also podcasts, and with the amount of podcasts there are, I mean t v gets a little dull, yeah, compared to like <laughs> all of these these stories that we get to hear from people from different walks of life there's not you can't there's not one there's no one can say the same way you can't say that you don't like to read, there's no book that you can like, you can't tell me there's not one podcast you could like. there's too many different categories. It's true. If you say that you haven't tried yeah
0: it's absolutely true. There's so many now and the commercial situation is way better with podcasts because you typically either don't get commercials or they're like exactly 15 seconds or 45 seconds. So you can just click the little circle thing and just get all the way through it. And like, it's, it's great. There's no commercials virtually. And um, a lot of times I think that with the shows I follow, the podcast commercials are, you know, something you might actually be interested in. So it's not even like, you know, they're trying to sell you some crazy pill or, You know, go save 15% or more by switching to Geico. You're getting like actual. So it's just the quality, I think, is much better. And like you said, it's just like TV shows. You can get all kinds of types. Um, I know Up and Vanish is one of the shows I never, ever thought I would get into crime podcasts ever. My sister has me hooked, hooked. Like I was so hooked in this podcast, I was getting upset at how. (laughs) trial was going and just how the trial was not going. And I just got so irritated. I was really emotionally invested in this, just like I would, you know, a TV show or a movie or, you know what I mean? So I think, I think you're 100% spot on finding something to do active wise, um, or activity wise physically, and then also finding stuff fun. I mean, there's meetups, meetups are great. Most of the meetups, I just started a meetup group and, um, February. Most of them are free, and you just roll up. You just roll up. There's nothing else you got to do. Just roll up. Someone will approach you and be like, "Hey, girl. Hey, are you here for the meetup?" And you say, "Yep." And then boom, you've met you've met like x amount of new people. So um, yes, <laughs> I love meetups. Um, That's so-
1: amazing. I think the lack of social support is something that I also look mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Meetups are, first of all, uh, just amazing to me. Like it's mind boggling that like something so simple just took forever to get thought of because like meetups aren't even, they're not that old, like, they're they're actually kind of new, but I feel like they give people so much energy, like, the energy you get from networking and socializing and possibly finding a new mentor, like, you can't, you can't, they haven't created a drug for that yet, like, it's just, it's amazing to find someone who, like, you know, uh, you can reach out to someone who is, like, Oh, my gosh, this is a personality I don't think I've ever would have been able to meet unless I did a meetup. Someone that is like, oh, you want to do something fun randomly? Yeah, sure. Like, just energy of just socializing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I think there's nothing like it. And meetups, like, just like you mentioned, and the fact that you started your own, that was amazing. Meetups are great.
0: Meetups are great. Yeah, and especially if you're, in, you know, new to an area or there's something you're trying to take up, like crocheting or knitting, maybe you want to do that. Like whatever you're into, they have a meetup group for it. If you have a Dachshund puppy, they've got Dachshund meetups. If you want to go run a 5K, they, I mean, literally anything. They've got like, there was a cannabis one. <laughs> there's like a naked yoga one. Like there's all kinds of meetups. And meetup has been around for a minute. I've, I've been a member since God, 2000. Mm, it's been a long time um, but I'm part of meetups all over the country and it's cool to see what people are doing. And I guarantee you, you join a couple groups, they'll email you and say, Hey girl, this is happening. This is happening. It's happening. And you pick and choose which ones you want to go to. It's great. Um, so I agree. I think having the social, that social network, obviously I talk about it a lot. It's important. And I think it's slept on, which is why I have really a whole podcast show about how to utilize a network that you already have and how to build on top of it because even though Drake said no new friends, I think a lot of us are really looking for new friends and new relationships and new opportunities and new connections and new support. We want that. We want that. And a lot of times we're not getting it with our current social circle. We're just, we're just not.
1: Yeah. No new friends is like a male thing. Cause I, I feel like it's just hard for them to meet people. I have made new friends just by saying, I like your hair. Your hair's cute. How'd you get that <laughs> curl pattern? What you doing later? <laughs> brunch let's do it like it's just that's just this just a natural thing like versus my husband I'm like how do you uh meet people how do you uh how do you hang out with guys on like a mandate or whatever you call it like what do you what do you guys do you guys don't even talk like it's just I feel like it's more difficult for them versus like I'll just talk to someone because I'm like girl those earrings are cute we got to hang out let me give you my number. Like, it's just, like, it's yeah. just so easy because I understand the utility and the amazingness of meeting new people, whereas men, I feel like it's, they struggle so much with that. It's, 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 it sucks. Like, and I know there's a lot of different ways, just from my experience, where it's like, it's Maybe a little bit easier being a man, but like the, um, the way that we handle our emotions, the way that we like reach out to each other, the way that we're able to like manage things amazingly, our minds like it's such a strength of being a woman that we can just reach out and support each other. Like women are just a safe space, period. Like, you know, if I'm somewhere and I'm tripping, I'm like, oh, this seems unsafe or something, I just look out for like eye contact with a woman, like, all right, all right. So we see each other. So we both gonna make it out of here, right? Like we we want we just gonna make sure this this works out fine. Like it's just such a strength of being, like a woman.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think a lot of people feel like it's easier for guys because guys have sports and guys have TV and they 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 don't get as emotionally invested into small things like women do. But I I do agree with you. I think there's um there's this camaraderie that women have that's that's just unique to us. And it, it makes it a little bit easier for us to connect with. I think guys just don't care about a lot of the small stuff and they don't get caught up in, you know, obsessing over a lot of the things that women obsess about. And that makes it a little bit easier. And I feel like the one thing guys typically can, you know, connect over is sports. Like that's all I feel like most, most guys care about is sports in some capacity, whether it's college football, regular football, like, I don't know. It's all about sports, but I'm just I'm at a point where I'm I want people who are listening to have people in their lives that support them and that help them and that see them. I talked with a um, guest last week, Marley, about you know the importance of having she because she's got so much energy and I'm like, bro, how do you get this energy? Where does this come from? And yeah, she's a naturally energetic sort of person, but she says that she surrounds herself with people who kind of fuel that and, and that uplift and that, that like make her who she is. And I was like, oh that's pretty inspirational. Like it's also super interesting to hear that. But I just, I feel for people who don't have that support system and who don't have, you know, somebody to go to and a group and all of that. Um, so guys, the point of that being said was to definitely get out there. I feel like when you get out there, when you put yourself out there, when you place yourself strategically in situations where you'll meet people you will meet people especially if you have that attitude of where you want to meet somebody Um, I think that's a big 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 part of it Um, now I did want to ask you because I know you talk about a lot on your podcast show um, what is your favorite topic or what has been your favorite podcast episode to do so far
1: um, honestly, my favorite episode was one that I did with Justin when we did the Black Unconscious when we were talking about relationships.
0: hmm Uh,
1: because I really, I really just always think it's fun to talk to people about relationships. Now, even though I work in child and adolescent psych and family psych, I don't talk to people about their children. So I do when you are my patient, <laughs> but like all my friends have children and I'm like, if they ask something, I'm like, oh no, I don't tell people what to do with their kids. Uh, Just because, like, I only do that when I'm the expert in the room, and that's, like, one of the most sensitive topics, and it's not as fun. But relationships are, are like, an equally sensitive topic, but they're fun. Like, it's so fun to talk about, um like, what, like, just having a male perspective on some stuff that I'm just like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> there is no way you thought that was appropriate. There is no way this, like, you like you you don't understand why that was a bad response to that date. Like, it's just so, it just cracks me up because half the time I'll just be calling people out on like, so you thought that by not calling her, that that didn't count as ghosting her? Oh, really? Or, oh, you treated her that way because you've been hurt before? Ladies, raise your hand if you haven't been hurt before. Like what, Like, it's just... <laughs> It's just more fun for me because a lot of stuff, like, people don't look at it from a different perspective. And how often are you able to have, like, that kind of conversation with a male, let alone a black male, let alone an educated black male who's trained in this? And yet, still, I feel like it can do, like, a little a little more rerouting when it comes to, like, thinking of the different process. It was really fun to see, like, psychologists. We train ourselves in, like, life and, like, the specific aspects of um therapy and then we still kind of get stuff wrong sometimes i don't know what's gonna happen with my child i'm probably going to like bribe them with candy every other day and i train people to not do this mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like please go to sleep just go to sleep i'll give you whatever you want i'll buy your house <laughs> <laughs> like please
0: <laughs> yeah it's, no that's it's true. like we're all human <laughs> we are we are that's so cool yeah i i'm excited to, to check out your new show and to see what you do with it and how that goes and um and all of that. Now, when it comes to podcasts, I mean, you mentioned some of the books you're listening to. Are there any podcast shows that you're in love with right now that you've got on rotation?
1: Oh yeah. So I listen to the read, like every other person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're amazing. I'll be watching that show when it comes out. I listen to LeVar Burton reads because I love books and that's another way to get a book in, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, Ear hustle.
0: Okay.
1: I love, which is, uh, 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 have you heard of it before?
0: I have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I love that one because it just gives me a different perspective. And it's just so interesting to hear because most of the, the guys have been in prison for so long. Mm-hmm. And once again, the issues like the recidivism, it started when they were kids and it's just like, it kind of just like motivates me to do more. Cause I prefer to work in community mental health. I'm working in Baltimore. I'm working at Hopkins, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working with people most of the time who look like me, uh, 90% of the time. So I like that. Um, What are the other ones? I'm trying to settle off of the, like, true crime ones because they're making me a little bit more paranoid, and I didn't know it was possible to make me more paranoid. Uh, I just finished Dr. Death, and I just, it wasn't a good idea. Yikes. So I'm trying to to stay away from the true crime ones because they're making me, like, look both ways. I already look both ways, but they're making me look both ways, like, four times Mm -hmm. instead of twice. So yeah.
0: I gotta I gotta chill out on those a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well up and vanished. Have you heard of that one?
1: No. What's it called again?
0: Up and vanished. So it's it's okay. yeah. It's, oh no, I have heard of that one. No,
1: I can't watch I can't. Okay, but no, wait. I have wait. heard of that one. <laughs> okay, but wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So they've only done
0: like a season or two. And these are missing persons cases. But the one that they're doing in Atlanta has been an open file. It's like the longest open case in Atlanta, in the whole state of Georgia. And it's in Osceola, Georgia, but it's the, the girl. I mean, she's been missing. She was like 27 or so. She's been missing for like 10, like so long. I think this happened in 06 or something. She's been missing for a minute and it's crazy because this was an open file, an open case. And so they were researching it and he was doing all this work in Atlanta and, um, you know, they eventually, they're in trial right now. One of the suspects or whatever, he's he's going, I think on the 1st of April, he went um, to trial. And there was another guy who's also sort of um, involved as well. So it was it's insane. It's For me, it was just, you know, this was a local incident that happened in somebody's town. You know, it's a small town. Um, it doesn't make me paranoid. But what I love about it is it showcases, from, okay, so when we were at DC Podfest, we learned about Some of the, um, I don't know what they call themselves, but like the, the podcasts that do the sound effects and the, and the special stuff and their storytelling and they'll have different people speaking and um, there's a name for it, but. I loved that. I thought that was so interesting. I was like, "Wow, you know, we're doing talk shows. We're we're talking. We're not focusing on adding in like sound clips or whatever. And you know, you're not gonna hear me walking up the stairs and turning. You know what I mean? And and they do that in these crime, these crime, these true crime shows. They add that element of like moviness almost cinema. Uh, because the guy who does it, um, Payne Lindsay, he was a documentarian. That's a word documentary in, um, and that's what he did. He he does movies, and so he was able to take that and sort of add this element to podcasts. What I thought, which I thought was super cool. Um, but these two, the two cases he's done were missing women, um, and they have though they have um, Payne and his group and some other folks have spin off spun off and done like different shows um focusing there's like an la one um like like live and die in la or something and they've got other ones they've got that atlanta one that looks really intense so they've got some other sort of shows that have popped off since creating up and vanish but up and vanish is a fantastic show in my opinion i really really liked it um, so de- if you it's i don't think it's as intense as um is it crime stoppers no what's the other show my sister, wife. I
1: read. is it' serial. Serial killers? Serial. Or just serial. No, it's not serial killer. <laughs> it's not serial killers. It's just, serial. It's just um, serial. That's more like the crime system, though. So yeah. Um, Doctor Death. Uh, there was one. <laughs> Honestly, like you know how There's they so say one. If you like this one, you'll like that one. I just mm-hmm. click them all, and yeah. I just listen to them. Huh.
0: I mean, you know, there's so many out there, guys. That's that's the point. We're we're trying to drive home here. There's there's something out there for everybody, and um, there really is. And you never know, really, what's going to be your jam. I mean, I didn't know I was going to be watching Grades Anatomy for like 10 years. That was never something that came up in my mind when I was in high school. I had no idea. Um, but it's interesting to see what people are putting out there and what stories are being told. And I'm with you. I love a good story and I love stories by people of color and by people who are doing cool stuff in the world and trying to uplift others just because there's so much negative noise. There's so much drama. There's so much chaos and negativity. And so it's nice to have something different and that's going to do something. Maybe it doesn't educate you, but maybe it does um, entertain you in a in a positive sort of way
1: yeah and that's what you, you know like you don't always i i don't think i need to be thinking all the time uh it's exhausting it to is. use your brain all the time so like just use something listen to something that entertains you like the read is amazing it entertains me i don't really learn much from it um mm-hmm. i learned that i like the hosts a lot like they seem chill but like i don't learn pretty much anything from it it's all like uh what is that stuff like not buzz stuff, what do the youth call it? It's all gossip. The youth mm-hmm. don't call it gossip, but um, it's just like, it's just talking about like what's going on with celebrities. I don't need to know what's going on with celebrities. <laughs> I will never meet them, but it's entertaining. Right. So I listen to it every single week. Yeah,
0: and it's, like, you know, don't- we, we don't care. We we don't care. These These guys, you know, they're talking about stuff, but it's more so their opinion. And I think it's also, we sort of, we become intrigued and we really start to like and to understand and to know and sometimes even relate to the host's And that's who we're, you know, showing up for every time we click a podcast show. Most of the time we're showing up either for the content or for the host or for like some sort of combination or for the information. There's reasons, different reasons why, Um, you know, there's some religious ones. I've had people say on the show that they really like and they go to that for that spiritual, you know, food that they crave. And, um, you know, they're different ones for different people. So definitely um, I will link. These in the show notes, obviously the read most people have heard of. Um, Ear Hustle, I I haven't tuned in, but I saw their graphic on Instagram, um, or a video they put out a while back. So I I know what the logo looks like, but I haven't tuned in. Um, and that wasn't what was the other one? Something about um, reading with.
1: Okay. Oh, Lavar Burton, Lavar Burton reads. He reads a different short story every week.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, I follow. Um, so you get a
1: whole nother book in. <laughs>
0: Which is so much fun. I follow um, a show called Modern Love, and they do a story or a short story that was published that was written by somebody, but it's read by a celebrity. And so they're typically people from shows you watch um, or movies you've seen, and they, they're they the ones that read this this actual short story, but it's about love in like different context it's not just about like falling in love sometimes it's divorce or somebody passed away or somebody got really ill or you know it's all kinds of stories but i love that too so it's good to switch it up it's good to switch it up you guys need a break from whitney every so often definitely check out some of these shows we recommended
1: but make sure you come oh, this out. show looks really cool the modern love they got people from joey's oh, yeah. obama to yeah, girl. i love and o'hara this is really i'm oh, to this to my list yeah,
0: I watch that. I listen, I listen to them all the time because what I like, so here's the thing. I don't like, I did a ton of research before I started my show. And one thing that I didn't like about a lot of the shows I was finding was one, it was a lot of gossip talk and pop culture that I just didn't personally care about. But the episodes were so long. It was like two or three hours. I'm like, bro, I can't give you two to three hours. There's nothing in my life I do for two, three hours besides sleep and probably complain about something. That's it. I'm not doing anything else <laughs> for two to three hours a day, let alone listening to some strangers talk about strangers. Like, I'm just not going to do it. But a lot of people love that show. And because they're at work, they can kind of multitask it. Um, or they're sitting in the car for a long time. They've got that commute. Or they just like carve out the time. But I, I really enjoy the smaller shows too. Um, and that Modern Love, typically it's not more than 25 minutes. Um, and they keep it short, sweet to the point, And they'll give you a little teaser at the end of the next episode. And that keeps you coming back. And like I said, I've heard some stories that make you cry for like sad reasons, stories that make you cry because they're so sweet and stories that make you cry because it's just really messed up. (laughs) So, you know, those are um, the kind of different types of things you'll hear, but um, there are a lot of really good shows out there guys. And so those are just a few, but um, you know, thank you all for tuning into this one and make sure you tune into mind your health. We both put out episodes every Thursday. So, you know, double whammy. Um, Okay, so I have one more question for you. Of course. Um, that I ask typically, I think all of my guests, but I want to know about a time when networking changed the game for you or changed your life in a significant way.
1: Hmm. Uh, there's like a million. Uh, can I give you two funny ones? I'll give you a funny one and then like a regular one. So networking is all about like reaching out to people, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I actually... <laughs> I actually uh, met my husband uh, because I knew I used to work with his friend and I just saw him. I thought he was cute and I said, you're cute. Here's my number. Um, we've been together ever since. So that was in 2010. So, you know, just push the envelope, ladies, do get, get what you want and life, <laughs> men too, but like literally just said, you're cute. Here's my number. Um, also, <laughs> um, as a normal one, um, one of the... What, there's so many networking things, because I'll, I'll, for real, reach out to anyone about anything. The good thing about psych is, like, I don't really feel uncomfortable in the, most situations. I've heard people talk to me about literally anything, so I don't really, uh, I don't get uncomfortable easily. I would say, actually, so reaching out to, so in a PhD program, the older I get, not the older I get, well, maybe the older I get, but the more, the higher up I go in my career or, or like, in school, the less people look like me. Um, I think I went to HBCU for my bachelor's, and everyone looked like me, and it was amazing. I also worked at HBCU, so I went to Fisk University, and then I worked at Meharry Medical College directly after that, which was amazing, and then for my first master's, I went to a primarily white institution. Uh, There's only one other black female in my class, and all my classes, actually, there were two of us, uh, and in all my classes for the whole entire two years, and then in my PhD program, um, I forget how many there are of us, uh, there's a, oh, yes, I, I know how many there are of us, because I know all of them. We're all friends. Four of us. There's four of us. Um, <laughs> and I introduced myself to all of them to kind of just have that connection to reach out, uh, because PhD programs are hard, doctoral programs are hard, and having someone, um, it's very stressful not to have someone that looks like you around you, and I would say that I don't think, um... I would have been able to make it through the program if it was not for them. If it wasn't for having someone who understood like we were in that class and it was awful or you saw that microaggression or I'm stressed out with all of this, like just being constantly around white people, like I need some like black girl time. Like I don't think I would have made it through without them. And just reach, and I just really just reached out to them and we're all on the same level. I think there's this big push to reach out to people above you, like to get mentors. But Mm -hmm. I feel like it's also necessary to work with people who are at your same level so you can grow together and, you know, like, lift as you climb together. Like, we're all going across the same mountain together and, like, let's figure out how we're going to lift each other up and motivate each other. So I think it's really important to, to, like, reach out to people across your same level because it gets really exhausting being the only person that looks like you. Um, and imposter syndrome creeps up all the time, especially being the only black person. Uh, there's plenty of females in my field, but there's not there's not many black people um, at all. So within the, the four of us, this is four of us I think there was maybe one black person entered into the program a year. Maybe not even one, like maybe one every couple of years. And it's just it's stressful to come into this program and then not know anyone and then also be told like oh you we're going to work you until you die and then we're going to work you some more. Um and then maybe we'll let you graduate. It's like what kind of stuff is it? It's like it's like what kind of what kind of thing is this? And feel like you don't belong because it's just like you're the only one who looks like you. So why do you it's just hard. I don't think I would have finished my program. I had so many different support systems, like my husband and my mom and my other friends, but having someone actually going through what you're going through, like, there's nothing like it. I wouldn't have graduated without them. And I really reached out to one just because, uh, I think she had a cute outfit. The other one was just it was uh, because I was like, oh, well, you know we have to be friends, right? Like, you're only a black girl in this class. Like, this is what's happening now. Um, and I think that's literally how I introduced myself. there. like, so, you know, we're friends now, right? Like we just became best friends. Give me your number.
0: <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. I've actually taken that approach many, many, many times. Um, and it's necessary to just do that, but no, I love, I love these examples. I'm so glad you brought them up. They're two super unique examples. I mean, obviously one, you met the love of your life and then, then being able to connect with people in school to help push you to get to that that goal, that milestone. That's so important. Um, Awesome. Well, I, you know, I feel like we could talk for a really long time and I realize, guys, thank you for, you know, walking with us through this path. It's been kind of windy. We did kind of bounce around a lot, but I feel like it flowed for the most part. And, you know, this is a Stranger Danger episode. So I'm really just looking to get to know my guests and I want to know about them. I want to know that they crochet and that they bake cookies and that they do things, you know, I want to know about people's backstories because sometimes we only bring in experts to talk about, expert things and we're not um getting to know people and that's just you know it's kind of like so i like adding that aspect to the show and i would absolutely love to have you back to talk about some real serious topics and we can discuss that um if you have any ideas or if anybody listening has any ideas feel free to pitch me and let me know Um, you can hit me up whitney at whitney and just be like hey I want to talk more about, like, control issues or work-life balance or, you know, dating and getting your shit together before you start to date somebody or dealing with neuroses or, like, whatever. Oh, that's a
1: good one. Getting your shit together before you start dating? Yeah. That'll be, like, a five-part episode. (laughs) But, yeah.
0: (laughs) I would love, love, love to do that. I mean, I'm I'm at that point where I am literally getting my shit together and starting to date. And it's – it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work because you're constantly growing and you want to have somebody who's going to help you get there too. And who's also working on themselves. And I think it's just part of being, uh, you know, um, an independent, ambitious person, you know, you just are always striving for more. So um, that'd be a great, great, great topic. And you'll be able to drink soon, right? When are you due? June. Okay.
1: Okay. that's I'm in June. Yeah. I miss my red wine. Love the baby. I think you're amazing. I'm sure you can hear me, but I do miss my wine. Mama <laughs> needs her wine. <laughs>
0: okay. We will make that happen then. Cause the show is called network and spill. So we're typically spilling something. Um, today we'll just spill the tea, but next time we will spill some wine and, um, We'll talk about something fun but tell everybody where they can find you i've already given them the info on the the podcast guys make sure you subscribe mind your health it'll be in the show notes i've listed the books and the podcasts that you recommend but where can they find you on social media
1: um so i am not an exciting person so like my <laughs> my um instagram is just q u e l s Uh, R-A-Q-Q-Y. It's supposed to be for Kel's Rocky. Um, And then Mind Your Mental, the podcast also has, like, we also have an Instagram, too, and we also have a Facebook. Um, I am not cool enough for Twitter. I'm sorry, so I will probably never have a Twitter. Um, I really feel like that's a cool kids game, and uh, I get told by my patients all the time that I'm not cool. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a twitter um but that's about it i, I don't really have anything else um, mind your mental can be fine anywhere you like a podcast like it it's on podbean it's on blueberry it's on itunes it's on spotify it's on Acast, it's on over it's like it's everywhere so
0: perfect all right well guys thank you so much for tuning in raquel thank you so much for being here i appreciate you thank you for
1: having me this was awesome
0: Yeah. And you know what, let me just notate here that this episode happened because you actually hit me back. I had reached out, we kind of kept in contact after the event in November, but you actually followed up and I don't see that often. So kudos for you to, to, for you for doing that. um, Because it, I mean, now we have this episode and it'll be so fun to look back on this later and be like, hey, we did an episode that one time. It was so much fun. So yeah,
1: and it was because you were so cool at the Podfest, and I was like, "What happened to like?" <laughs> I was like, is "That is that person that was chill." we should reach out there her
0: again. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Thank you for doing that. And um, I appreciate you guys all tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to my show, Network and Spill, and you like my page and you go to Instagram and follow me, Network and Spill, or you can follow me and my business, Whitney Danielle Coaching on the gram. Um, we'll be back next week for more episodes. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Cheers.